0: Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And I love it because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I don't talk about it a ton, but I have a fishing company. Five years ago, actually five years ago this month, my best friend Aaron and I started a bass fishing weight company called Woo Tungsten because woo is the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. So we sell tungsten weights for bass fishing and Shopify has made it so incredibly easy. They have all the tools and the resources that we need. No matter how big or small your business is, they just make it so effortless. And like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 million million businesses from first sale to full scale. And you can reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, which is something we use a ton. More than just a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to Shopify.com slash BlueWire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business today with Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash BlueWire right now. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shopify.com slash BlueWire.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Talking Warriors uh, podcast. We got NBA uh, <laughs> free kicking off about about five hours ago. The Warriors. The only news we have recently is that they're going to re-sign Stephen Curry. So that's kind of a thing. I'm just playing. Welcome There's back to the Talking Warriors podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are part of the Blue water Hustle Network. I am your host, Cooper Ransom. Joining me, as per usual, is. Uh, not in America right now, but he is here on the podcast. Not in a wire, Sam. Sam, what's going on? How's, how's, the, uh, how's the weather out there?
2: I'm in Costa Rica right now, man. I cannot complain whatsoever. Pure Vida, baby. This is insane out here. But, you know, I got to take time, record the pod, give the people what they want. So I'm here to do a bit of a different setup. Apologize if my lighting, my audio is a bit off because I got to deal with, I got to deal with. But I'm ready to talk Niners. As always, let's do it. Before we do it, let's uh, announce something real
1: quick. We are partnering with the – well, with Ken Watana. Is it Watana? I I forgot. I already forgot his name. It's Watana, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm so unprofessional. I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, at Ken Watana, um, he is the – one of the founders and leader of the brand new app, the Allegiance app, uh, at Allegiance HQ on Twitter. You can find it there. Also, just Allegiance in the App Store, whether it be Apple or Android. We're doing a giveaway – with them for the throwback uh, red Kittle jersey. No, no patch. No patch on the, on there, but uh, we are giving one away. So if you want to join into that giveaway, we, the winner will be announced on Friday. I have the uh, the post for what you need to do pinned to the at Talking Niners podcast um, Twitter account. So you can find it at Talking Niners pod on Twitter. Uh, essentially, all you have to do is uh, subscribe to. And if you're on Apple, rate the podcast. And then join the Niners community on the Allegiance app once you download it and make an account. And uh, DM DM your rating to either me or Ken. And we will be notified that you are entering for the giveaway. And that's all you got to do. So just getting out of the way. um, That's what we're doing. And now we can jump into what you guys are here for. And that is talking about... Before we do... Oh, go ahead. Before we do,
2: I just want to talk about Allegiance real quick. Allegiance is a fantastic app. For sports fans all around i know right now it's a bit bay Area heavy but if we grow this app if you guys can grow this app ken's a great guy growing this app really well this app can be very big so being one of the first people to join it shout out to ken shout out to allegiance help a brother out make sure to do that but don't i mean you guys don't have to do it because it's a giveaway just do it for the sake of it because it's an amazing app right now so yeah just make sure to check that out all i want to say
1: it's real early, but I've been talking to Ken. They got a lot of cool stuff planned. Uh, app, you know, you join, you join a fan group, and you kind of just talk as usual on social media. But it's more controlled because, obviously, as you're talking about this one particular team, it's, it's a nice, fun app that uh, it's going to get better as time goes on. So make sure you guys uh, get in early, so you gonna you know, be, you could be like, "Hey, I was here first. You know, you can be like, "I was here." We built this thing up from the ground. And uh, anyway, talk about the Niners. Let's start off with the one thing that everyone um, is talking about, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance. And obviously we know going into camp, it was not supposed to be a battle. It wasn't supposed to be a competition. We know Shanahan said that going to camp. Jimmy Garoppolo is QB1, Trey Lance is QB2. And as of right now, given Shanahan from his conference today, that is still the case. He says that Trey Lance still has you know some ways to go before he's anywhere near competing for the starting job. My question to you, Sam, is obviously given what we've heard, obviously you've been there for one practice, but I haven't been there for any. I'm just going off of the word on the street. But from what you've heard, do you believe Shanahan at his word that Trey Lance is still far away from Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of possibly starting this year?
2: You know, it's a tough question to say, and I'm always the person that's having to get responses. But right now I'm going to say that I do believe Kyle Shanahan Give a response for now but that could very much change obviously you know kyle shanahan he's the guy when asked about who's going to be on this roster he said oh we might all be dead by then so there's a ton of smoke coming out of kyle shanahan's mouth always has been always will be and from the aspect of the quarterbacks trey lance has looked phenomenal jimmy garoppolo has also looked pretty good he's just been inconsistent but jimmy has the edge That is most important for the 49ers, and that is that he can win games now. Trey Lance, great quarterback. He's been looking good in camp, but can he win games now? That is the question. And you don't want to rush it. You had situations. Prime example is the New York Jets with Sam Darnold. They rushed that situation right away. He should not have been the starting quarterback week one. And look where he is now. I mean, he got traded. They got him a new quarterback in New York. So overall, I do kind of believe Kyle Shanahan that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter for this team. But at the same time, things could very much change. There could be an injury, could be something like that. Then Lance would obviously be the starter. But as for now, if everything goes to plan, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get hurt, if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, I do expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter because you cannot risk a situation like this, especially when you take a raw prospect, you gave up so much to get him. You got to take your time. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. You just have to be all that stuff. Just make sure that this guy is in the best place to succeed right away. So obviously when you hear about how the
1: media is reacting to Trey Lance's camp versus what the coaches are saying and just kind of what their their message is, I feel like they're trying to protect Lance because they know that this is gonna happen. You know, we know you see Trey Lance is a guy with it's like a creative player, is what I like to say. He has a strong arm, he's very athletic, you know, he's like you know, six four, two twenty. Um, obviously, he's got the speed and running ability. He's like the kind of guy you would create in a video game, just a guy who can literally do it all. And we're seeing in camp, you know, we're starting to get him, you know, on the move, uh, you know, moving in the pocket, uh, read option pa- um, plays being called. And we saw, we saw in the red zone drills today, we heard that they started off from Lance with three straight touchdowns, um, in the red zone. And obviously, people see all that and they get excited. Uh, a lot of media people have seen that and they've gotten excited. But then you see, you know, and then also, we also had the uh, Peter King article that came out, I think, either this morning or last night. And I was last, oh, no, that was this morning. I want I want to say it, it might have been last night. But, you know, we see Peter King is talking about, you know, players are, are wild about what he's doing. And, you know, Debo Samuel said, hey, the kid's got balls. You know, he's out there, he's not afraid to make a mistake. And then at the end of the of the, the Niners section of that article, they're saying, you know, Kyle is saying that he, you know, expects Jimmy to be the guy to start that at the end of the day, he has no idea how this will play out. And that's how all of us are. We have no idea how this will play out. And really, it all comes down to how fast Lance progresses. And he's been impressive so far throughout camp. But as we know, it's been five practices. There's been no padded uh, practices yet. So the line play may change um, when the pads come on in the defensive line or offensive line maybe can play a little more of their game. And then, you know, the corners and receivers can be a little more physical. Um, But as things are progressing right now, I mean – People are questioning whether Jimmy might hold on to his job for long if he does start to start the season. It may not be for the entire season, maybe for half, maybe for the first few weeks. But it's hard to say. Obviously, we won't really know much until preseason where we can all see. And I think that's when it's going to ramp up. It's when preseason gets here and it's on TV and everyone's watching. And if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles and he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo, which he's looked like so far in camp, Jimmy Garoppolo has pretty much been Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who – Gives you a few impressive wow throws and it has a couple of head-scratching decisions that's like, why why did you do that? That's what it sounds like so far in camp. And then Trey Lance is a guy who just – you see why they take him number three. You know, just the athletic talent, just the lack of a really weakness in his game. I mean, he's had some accuracy issues that we've heard uh, as far as like missing guys high or being a little late here and there. But maybe that's like just with time he'll fix that. But overall, just from what we were hearing, it, it sounds like it's not a competition now from Shanahan, but – when they get on tv and preseason you know kicks off and, and everyone can see it then we'll probably have to start talking about maybe there might be competition in this camp and a question from uh, our guy ab um as of right now if things keep trending this way
2: i think he's definitely playing by midseason for sure you know and because i definitely just, think go ahead sam i was just going to say i think the plan all along was to have him midseason i still don't think that the 49ers trust jimmy Garoppolo fully Yeah, you need to put him in that situation. You need to start him right away if you want Lance to be prepared for the NFL. You don't want to throw a rock quarterback in there immediately. But I do think they're going to try to get Lance in there as fast as possible. I think the situation for the 49ers is going to be simple. When Trey Lance is ready, they're going to put him in there, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing out of his mind because they need to win games. They need to go with a quarterback they can trust. It's going to open up the offense so much more. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the one downside to him in training camp, he's looked good on some days. All the other days he has not inconsistency. Sometimes consistency is some of the best things that thing that you can have as a trait. So he's got to be a consistent quarterback. Any quarterback in the NFL has to be consistent. You cannot you you cannot tell me one quarterback who has succeeded in the NFL who has had a pro Bowl, like a Pro Bowl caliber career or something like that and Hall of Fame caliber career that was inconsistent. That never happens. All those quarterbacks go to backup quarterbacks bottom in the tier starting starting quarterback something like that. So they're going to want to get Trey Lance in immediately, whenever they can. And, yeah, you got to be patient with it. But I think midseason, that's a really good prediction. And Dawson says right there, after the bye is my prediction. I think that it's, it's t- that's a tough call because week six bye, that's five games in advance. I think what the two games, if, you, if it's going to be after the bye, the two games that are going to really make it or break it are going to be the Seattle game and the Arizona game. Those are two must-win games. Obviously, in the division, if Jimmy Garoppolo cannot perform those games, and Trey Lance feels like he is ready, then I think Trey Lance will get put in after the bye. But overall, I think maybe a maybe like a week nine after after the Arizona game or something like that. That's week nine. Maybe after that game, I think that's a pretty good prediction at this moment. But it's so tough to tell because there's a lot of smoke going around. As I said earlier, there's I mean Jimmy Garoppolo. He's looked great on some days, looked terrible on some day, others. Maybe he can keep his consistency up. Maybe Trey Lance isn't ready for the NFL. So we could see Lance week one. We could see him not start the season at all. So it's going to be a very interesting situation, to say the least. And this is, I mean, it's going to get interesting once the pads come on. That's number one. And then second will
1: be in preseason, as I said. But it almost really does feel like the Niners are trying to protect him because the media is obviously, like, super heavy towards Trey Lance is going to win this job, you know, sooner than later.
2: Yeah, that, sure. that's
1: where it's trending. I feel like Garoppolo and not Garoppolo. I feel like the Niners are trying to kind of like die it down a bit, trying to calm down the noise for Trey so he can just kind of focus on what he needs to be doing in practice and not relaying anything good to him. We saw he had the tweet. I mean, I think it was lyrics from a song, but it sounds like he might be on, on silent mode uh, for the rest of the training camp if his IG caption was correct. But it's, it feels like they're trying to protect him and what – him is saying might not have really any outcome on the actual competition itself. You know, maybe he's saying all this now, but things will change because the media. And then we had the Kendrick Bourne thing today where Bourne said, you know, at Patriots camp that, you know, they practice harder and they train harder than they did in San Francisco. But my response to that was like, he's on the Patriots now. What else is he going to
2: say that they practice harder in San Francisco than in New England? I mean, that's not. <laughs> that's not that just kills say. the locker room. He had no other chance to say that. I mean, that yeah, was, I mean, he, he had was set up it. for that. I'm not, I'm not going to buy that right away. I, maybe after his career, you can ask him or something like that. But you cannot tell me that that has truth to it. And that's 100% true. There's got to be, there could be a smokescreen. that could be true. But it's hard to buy that from someone who's currently on the Patriots. Yeah, it, it, it's hard
1: to it's hard to know if he's telling the truth or not,
2: you know. And then obviously
1: talking about playing harder, we know the injury history of all our players. It's like, okay, well, maybe if you're not practicing hard and it's looking injured and what's happening over there, really. But yeah, I mean the media is a game. And I try to tell people this. They're not always telling you the truth, they tell you what needs to be what needs to be said to keep things, you know, controlled in the locker room, you know, just this noise around their team. They like to keep that, you know, just as non-controversial and as as non-toxic as possible. Because if you're out there just saying, yeah, Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's, (laughs) he doesn't have that much relief, or Trey Lance is getting on him quickly, and you're just putting that pressure on the players for seemingly, I mean, no reason, it just isn't a good look uh, for the team, and it just creates more chaos. So, I mean, can we believe everything Shanahan says? You can't really believe anything every coach or player says at the, the, you know, at at the pressers. It's just kind of like. You kind of have to, like, play detective a little bit, you know, when, when they say what they say. So I don't 100% believe Shanahan when he says, you know, there's no competition because we know he's out there and he's out there messing around with the read options. He's messing around with the RPOs and getting Lance on the move. And I know he sees that and I know he's like, you know, Lance can just do things Jimmy can't do. And if Lance is 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 tied with Garoppolo at the end of the camp or if he somehow surpasses him, it feels like you just got to give, you know, Lance a go, especially when your first two weeks are against the Detroit Lions who, I mean, on the outside looking in, it seemed seemed like just Dan Campbell's going to be in over his head and it might not be, you know, the toughest week one opponent. And then you have the Eagles as well who, you know, on the outside looking in don't seem that good as either. So it's like a a nice and, and comfy start for the Trey Lance should he be ready enough to start. It's a hard thing to really see, but we'll have a, a better idea once preseason gets here, and that's really when I'll have, I guess, a legitimate feel for how this is going. And I think most people will too. Moving on, away from the quarterbacks now. Now let's move on to the cornerbacks, and this kind of helps goes into where Katie is talking about. Um, I guess we'll jump into that first, where we talk about Jimmy Ward and, and uh, Jason Verrett. But um, yeah, cornerback depth. We know they didn't end up signing. Um, I'm not forgetting his name now. You know his name, Drake right? Drake Kirkpatrick. Yeah, Drake Kirkpatrick. There we go. Um, that didn't fall through. Uh, we brought back Jordan Matthews, though. So, I mean, that's the thing. Jordan Matthews gets <laughs> signed by the Niners every year. But, yeah, no Drake Kirkpatrick. Um, they worked him out, but it didn't, things didn't work out. And we had Tim Harris uh, playing corner at first, and I think he had some injury. He didn't play much today. He was limited. Um, they threw Dante Johnson out there. He ended up getting hurt, and then Apparently, from what i what I read, um, Dalmador Lenore is the one who's performing better at the two rookie corners. I heard Ambry Thomas has been lost a couple of times, or so he's kind of like freelancing on plays uh, at times in camp, and that Dalmador Lenore is, looks like he's a little ahead of um, Ambry Thomas right now. From the look, from the sounds of things, it sounds like it's a little bit of a mess. But at the same time, we haven't got Emmanuel Mosley back yet, who is still on the COVID uh, the COVID list. So we'll probably have a better idea of how cornerback two is looking once he gets back and things kind of fall a more into place. But as of right now, I guess you can say it's kind of a mess because they're throwing almost anyone out there at CB2 at the moment.
2: Yeah, and the quarterback room, I mean, it's always been messy for the 49ers, especially since the Lynch Shanahan era took over. They've never really valued cornerback. And as for the Lenore point with Ambry Thomas, I'm actually not really surprised by that because Ambry Thomas coming out of college was supposed to be a project. Lenore, not as much. He just had a pretty – yeah, you could have some upside with him, but apparently his ceiling was pretty low from most scouts, from what most scouts said. So I'm not surprised by that. I think Deamador Lenore could be that guy to start at cornerback too, but I feel like we got him for more of that nickel role behind Kim Williams. I don't really know, but the cornerback situation is very messy. Currently, looking at the 49ers roster, you have Mark Fields. He probably will not make the team. Tim Harris, that's up in the air. Dante Johnson, Shanahan favorite. We don't really know about him. Ambry Thomas, obviously rookie. He should make the team. Jason Verrett, which we'll get to in a moment. Kev Webster has had some experience on the team, but not really anything too much. Kim Williams, he's a nickel, and Dion Lenore. And those are the cornerbacks on this team right now. And I'm looking at the other guys, Emmanuel Mosley, I forgot, because he's on COVID list. He's not technically on this roster. He's on a different spot. And I actually tweeted out some roster predictions yesterday, and we're going to get more into, into those. But for cornerback, I had Verrett, Mosley, k Williams, Amory Thomas, Diomedon Lenore, and Tim Harris. And that is by far the weakest position on this team. You have Jason Verrett, who, yes, he's the best cornerback on this team, but he has had a ton of injury history. In his career, health is always going to be a concern for Jason Verrett, I think, for the rest of his career, and it always has been for him. Manuel Mosley, he should be the cornerback, too. We're waiting for him for to get off COVID list, but, I mean, he's an okay cornerback, too, if I'm being honest. He's good. He can be good, but also inconsistent. He had a lot of trouble handling a guy like DK Metcalf last year. He might have to handle some other guys like that. And then after that, you have – Ken Williams is going to be the nickel. That's the other guy who's – Obviously, one of the best nickels in the league, but not in on every play. And then you have Ambry, Thomas, D'Amador, Lenore, and Tim Harris, three very raw cornerbacks. So it does scare me a little bit, the cornerback, that because you're throwing guys in there that might not be ready to play at the NFL level. You have in the NFL, NFC West, you have DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf's just an absolute beast. DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in football at this moment. And then on the Rams, you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, two very solid receivers. I didn't even mention Tyler Lockett yet. And you got some other receivers that you got faced this year, like Devontae Adams. I'll bring him up. I'm not going to go into too much into the other receivers, but it's very concerning when you have to start a guy like Dante Johnson or Tim Harris. I didn't have Dante Johnson making the roster, so I'll use a better example, Tim Harris. It's a very disturbing thing to see him do very poorly in camp so far going up against the first team receivers and then struggling and then being put in, sorry excuse me being put in the game where you're going up against a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or DK Metcalf or something like that. That definitely does concern me. And I do think the 49ers do need to add more cornerback depth. I thought that they were going to sign Drake Kirkpatrick. I was kind of kind of surprised they didn't. It must mean that they trust their cornerbacks enough. So I'm fine with it, but at the same time, it does concern me if someone gets hurt. I do think you're gonna have to bring in a depth piece. Drake Kirkpatrick might be available during the season. Maybe you bring him back, but always a risk. I thought we would
3: have signed him, but I guess we did Anyone with a business can tell you that when it comes to hiring these days, you don't have time to play games. You need the right players right now. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessment, and virtual interviews. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Thanks to Indeed virtual interviews, you can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly, all in one place. Interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, and just looking at the overall room, the only other veteran corner they have is Dante Johnson. And obviously we know that Mostly played the last two years, and the only only other uh, player who really played, you know, corner that started, of the guys who we have on the roster, is a lot of unproven guys, and it seemed like they were trying to get another veteran presence in the room with Kirk, uh, Kirk Patrick, but didn't work out, and now we kind of just have to see how things play out. Obviously, they're young; uh, they got a lot of room to grow. They can improve as camp goes on, but as of right now, it just seems like it's kind of a mess, and. You know this front seven is going to have to be the one that carries the defense, uh, for the most part. Because if it's on the secondary like it was last year, I don't think it will be uh, as great. But on the good side of the secondary, Jimmy Ward looks fantastic and Jason Brett looks fantastic. So just kind of talking about that, I mean, for this, if looks like probably the best corner, the Niners have had in camp in likely years. So I think that's something to really, you know, be excited about, obviously. Uh, we know Sherman came in. Um, and he was, you know, obviously more on the backside of his career, and he wasn't nowhere anywhere near where he was with the Seahawks. But he had kind of a a good 2019 where he kind of recaptured some of that magic. But Jason Ferret is a guy who obviously we know can play man covers, can play zone covers, can play press, uh has fantastic instincts, um, fantastic ball skills. If he obviously is healthy this year, him and warrior, they're both able to stay healthy, two guys who we know have had a, a laundry list of injuries in their careers. This could be the year they both have huge career seasons. And if they stay healthy, it sounds like they're primed to do that.
2: Yeah, I think Jimmy Ward especially. This is a guy who struggled first, Once Shanahan and Lynch, took over. They kept him around, which kind of surprising. And last year in 2019, he really showed why he deserves to stay on this team. And I think you're looking for a massive season for him. I think Jimmy Ward, he's one of the best tacklers in football. Phenomenal safety. I wouldn't say he, at the moment he could be top 10. I need to look at the other safeties, to figure that out. But he is close to that. Definitely an above average safety in this league. So Jimmy Ward, I think you can expect to have a good season. As for Jason Barrett, you know, he's been healthy for a while. We saw Jason Barrett in uh, San Diego when he was healthy. He was a pro bowler last year. Could have been a pro bowler, stayed healthy for most of the season. But overall, I think you're looking at those are the two guys that are going to lead the secondary along with joukowsky Tart who has been on COVID list. Maybe he'll have a good camp as well. So those are three guys who I think could very much carry the secondary. Again, it's cornerback two that's really concerned in the depth there. And I was looking at some free agents. I I mean, not to – unless you had anything else to say about Jimmy Ward and uh, Jason Brett Kobe? No, go ahead. I I was just looking at some free agents. There's one guy that stood out to me. There's a ton of free agents, but one guy that stood out to me Jamar Taylor is still unsigned and I know he got hurt last year. I know he said on Instagram that he's probably not going to go back to the Niners, but if he's looking for a place to play, it might work out because we do need some cornerback depth, maybe at the nickel position, especially if De'Ama Dora Lenore is doing better than Ambry Thomas. Maybe you add Jamar Taylor, cut Tim Harris, and then you have a much, I would say much deeper core. Cause I don't think Tim Harris, I mean, he had that injury in 2019, didn't play at all. 2020, spent time on the practice squad. I don't know. It's going to be very rough for him to make this roster. So I think adding a guy like Jamar Taylor, especially for nickel depth with K1 Williams, who's also dealt with some injury history, as has everyone in the secondary. I think adding a guy like Jamar Taylor, if he's healthy, would be a really nice add for the 49ers. And another nickel I'll just bring up real quick, Nickel Rollby Coleman, he was on the Rams previously. I think he was on the Eagles last year. He is also, I believe, unsigned. So that would be a good option to bring in.
1: Which if those guys are available, it makes it interesting to go out to Kirkpatrick first. If those guys, I feel like those guys might be a bit better than Kirkpatrick at the moment. But I mean, I guess we'll see. But moving on to the interior, uh, we're hearing a lot of good things about the defensive line. This is before the pads come on. So maybe they get even better when the pads come on. But uh Zach Kerr and you know, Mo Mo Hurst are two guys who not signed, and uh, you know, some people were like, Oh, he's a good sign. Some people were like, um, you know okay kind of shrugs it off but they've been impressive to start camp and obviously we know uh you know defensive line depth is a big thing for the front seven when they want their front seven to dominate and if those guys are able to contribute you know as rotational pieces on the interior defensive line not just defensive line it's going to keep their main guys fresher and also make sure that the production doesn't go down much when they when their main guys are off, off the field and just allow this defensive line to be you know, as close to 2019 as possible. There's a chance that maybe this defensive line is deeper than that 2019 line. Obviously, that the top-end talent won't match because, obviously, they have Buckner alongside, you know, Bosa and, and Armstead and Ford. You don't know, have Buckner now, but, ch- you know, with Solomon Thomas gone and they brought in Mohurst and Zach Kerr, a chance this line might be deeper. If that's the case, it's going to be a great thing for the Niners.
2: I actually think this line is deeper hands down. And you look at just, let's just look at the defensive tackles real quick. So I made my roster predict- predictions yesterday and I had six defensive tackles out of the following seven guys, Javon Kinlaw, Contavious Street, Eric Armstead, you can count as a defensive tackle if you want. He could play to edge as well. So Javon Kinlaw, Contavious Street, Armstead, Zach Kerr, DJ Jones, Mohurst, and Kevin Gibbons. On most teams, all those guys are, are starting on those teams. If you put them on one of the worst teams in football, just a mediocre team, a lot of those guys are getting those first team reps at defensive tackle. And seven defensive tackles, in my opinion, is way too much for this team. You're going to have to cut down to at least, actually, sorry, at most six. So one of those guys isn't making this roster. And I predicted Zach Kerr not to make this roster. And I got, I mean, people were kind of upset about that because Zach Kerr was signed. A lot of people thought he was signed as a guy who's going to make the 53 for sure. A rotational piece, a guy who can run the second team, and it's interesting. It's it's very hard to make that prediction for the defensive tackle because one day you one day you have Contavious Street as the best player on this team at training camp. Next day it's Mo Hurst. The day I was at it was Contavious Street and Mo Hurst both lining up, and then today and yesterday I've been seeing Zach Kerr has been the best player on this defense. So it's very interesting to see that situation. I think that's. I know you have the quarterback battle, but I actually think that could be a more important battle to watch for this team because I think if can't, Kyle Shanahan is correct, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting. We don't need to worry about what Trey Lance does. Well, yeah, we need to worry about what Trey Lance does. Obviously, he's the third overall pick in the draft, but you get what I'm saying. Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback according to Kyle Shanahan. We don't really need to discuss that as much. We do need to discuss what the defensive tackle depth is going to do. So Kinlaw, Armstead, those guys are locks. Contavious Street, with the way he's been performing, he should be a lock. Kevin Gibbons, I think, probably should be a lock as well. It's really up to Mo Hurst and Zach Kerr. Actually, you could add Kevin Gibbons in that conversation. I don't really know. But the defensive tackle battle is going to be very interesting. My prediction is Zach Kerr doesn't make it, but it's going to be very hard to let a guy go like that. And I definitely think you can get – the good thing for us is by having that much depth at defensive tackle, you can probably get a a day three pick for one of those guys. So – it could it's right now the situation's very in our favor because I really don't think you can go wrong with whoever you want a defense tackle on this 53 man roster. Yeah, personally I think the guy who could be getting the Troy in the stick is would be Kevin
1: Givens or Kentavious Street just because they signs that Kerr in Mohurst. So I guess we'll kind of see. But then again, we'll know more when we see preseason. When we see who comes out with which team and how they look on the field. It's hard right now because obviously, like us. We're like the majority of people we haven't seen much we only heard a lot so once preseason gets here we get a chance to see for ourselves how these, how these players are looking uh it'll be a lot easier to really talk about this kind of stuff but um
2: Definitely. and wait can i just say one thing i, I think contavious street at this point kevin gibbons i think actually wouldn't necessarily be a lock i think contavious street with the way he's been performing at camp with the reports i've heard the way he ended last season, I think Cantavius Street should be locked to make this roster. I would be very surprised if they let him go. Speaking about the D line, uh, another guy, D Ford, he uh, was in team
1: drills today. You know, we know he, he had been doing individual work, and he participated in uh, team drills today. So, for those who have been cautious, you know, about D Ford returning, he played with the team in the team drills. So he's looking good. Uh, things are trending in the right direction with him and you know it's hard not to be excited because they get d4 back that is huge because like we said last episode we thought many thought there's a chance he's probably done but he's come back and he's he's practiced and they say he's looking he's looking pretty good and if we didn't, if he's anywhere close to where he was in 2019 this defense line is getting a, a big boost
2: yeah i think d4 i've been saying it for a while that he was the x factor of our d line in 2019 when he was on the field this team was so much better. He's we're 10 and two with when D Ford has played in the two games we lost were against the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks. So you know that D Ford on the field is a phenomenal addition to this team. And we're going to need that this year. Yeah, I know we got Samson Ebukam, but D Ford is a lot better than Samson Ebukam, and a healthy D Ford. Oh man, this team is just absolutely stacked with that. And now he might be a third down guy, really only playing on third downs, And I know that we gave him a big contract. I know that people are going to want to play him more because of that contract. But uh, you need to keep D Ford healthy at all costs because he is so valuable for this team. Yeah, the contract's bad, but when he's on the field, it is so worth it. And you know what? We manage our cap well around his contract. So at the end of the day, I think we're chilling with that. But D Ford back on the field—that is something we needed to see. This is a guy who. I thought it was probably done. I think Kobe, I mean, we kind of talked about this. We thought he was done in this offseason. Most other people thought he was done. But D4 back on the field, it's honestly a miracle that he's back on the field. But it's phenomenal to have. So I'm really happy he's back on the field, hoping for a massive season from him. And uh, this this topic I, I kind of put on here just
1: because just because of uh, what you said earlier. Uh, you wanted Zach Gertz, but, I mean, who needs Zach Gertz when you have Ross Dwelley? Apparently, he's been looking good in camp so far. So uh,
2: there's your tight end, too. There's your
1: receiving tight end, too, Sam, that you wanted.
2: Yeah, and we definitely needed that. I think having Jordan Reed on the team last year was good. But now you get a guy who I think I think the big thing with, for me here is Ross really can bond with Kittle, and they can blend in together, I guess I'm trying to say. Because, I mean, Jordan Reed, George Kittle, they weren't on the field that much. I also think Jordan Reed had a terrible connection with Nick Mullins which is probably the reason why we cut him. But Ross Willie on the field, I mean, he he's looking good in camp, connecting with all the quarterbacks. I think if you want to a receiving tight end, there you go. That's what we needed for this team. And I'm really glad that he's doing that part because earlier, really, I mean, we got, gave him more of a blocking role and now we give him that receiving role. I think the door opens wide. I think the door is wide open for Ross though, because Ross really, he's a damn good receiver. I didn't think the 49ers were going to use him more in a receiving role, but it looks like we are at this point. So I'm really happy that they are.
1: Yeah, seeing Drolly, obviously I think Drolly's almost like one of the afterthoughts on the Niners offense because you're not really looking forward to him doing a, a big, you know, much on off on the field when you have guys like Ayuk, obviously Debo, Kittle. But obviously they bring him out there to kind of help block. But if he can, you know, add a little something to the receiving game, which we've seen him make some pretty impressive uh, catches during the season before. Um obviously he's just another guy you can rely on to, to throw to. And uh, you know, it's just if you can be uh, just a guy who you can rely on this to catch the ball when you're open, when guys are keying in on, on Kittle, keying in on IU, keying in on, on Debo. Same thing we said with wide receiver three, just another guy who can who can who you can rely on when you're open and other guys are, are being covered. And you know, Drilley can be that, which he has been in the past. I think the Niners are fine at tight end. Um, their tight end room right now is in a good spot, and they, didn't, they probably won't make any other moves towards tight end. I mean, they did sign Jordan Matthews at tight end, but – other than that, they probably won't make any tight end, and that's going to be the room we have uh, going into the
2: preseason. And you mentioned the receiving game. I just want to bring that up real quick because that's another position that has been looking phenomenal in training camp. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel are really showing why they were picked so high in the draft, why we traded up to get Brandon Ayuk. Those guys are really showing out. And Mohammed's new has been the big surprise at camp because he's been looking – I mean, we had him on the team, what, last year – did not look good, but now it looks like he's really found himself, really planted his foot in this system, and is really just full go for whatever this team wants to do. Definitely a guy who can fit in the slot receiver. I think at this point, we we know there was like a wide receiver three competition. We didn't know who was going to be. There was a lot of debate about that. At this point, I think Mohamed Sanu is running away with that competition. And it also seems like Jalen Hurd, he's back on the field finally, and he's been looking pretty good at that too. So, Overall, those four guys have been standing out during training camp. Actually, I'm going to bring up one more guy, Trent Sherfield. That's another surprise kind of at camp. I didn't really have high expectations for him, but I from the day it hasn't been the days that I'm at that he's looked good. But he's looked pretty good from the days I wasn't at. So Trent Sherfield, that's another guy who's been standing out. And I think those five guys, Sherfield, I wouldn't say is a lock to make the roster. But other than that, I think those four guys I previously mentioned they should make the roster. And as Dawson just said right there, if we do need another tight end, you could put Jalen Hurd there. He's ab- he's an absolute freak of nature. I am so excited to see what he can do on the field. Yeah, we just want to get him to, to the field. You know, that's that's all exactly. That's the won. main goal. We just want to get him to the field. If um, Jalen Hurd can take a snap of football, that would just my, my I would die a happy man.
1: <laughs> just
2: one regular season
1: snap just so we know he made it just so he can be
2: on the one snatch. snap even if he just kneels the ball down in victory formation we just need one i'd be happy in, in, in his history books just this
1: one stat in the books for him just one me mm-hmm. one reception negative 20 yards just something give us something <laughs> but one thing. Um,
2: that's all good
1: yeah i guess another thing is Debo has looked really good in camp um so far i think obviously a lot of people think Debo might be the true X factor of the offense is because of everything he can bring uh, as a player. So, I mean, hearing Debo is doing good is, uh, you know, good to hear. And obviously, you know, we, we've kind of tried to defend Debo a little bit. People think he's more of a uh, – more of a – I guess you can call him a gadget player, not like a true receiver, uh, just kind of a guy you try to give him the ball in space, which, you know, he he's good in space, and we know that's kind of what they like to do with him, but – I think he's also a good receiver, too, and so far he's been showing it in camp, and I'm excited to see what that looks like um, once he gets back on the field to see him making more plays down the field instead of behind the line of scrimmage.
2: And one final note before we end, just one more guy that we talked about on last episode. I want to bring up again because still first one on the field, last one off is Talano Hufanga. And I know we're talking about the defensive side now, but that is—I love to see that, especially from a rookie. And really, everyone's taking notice now. I mean, I was the first one to put it out there, and then everyone who was going to camp saying, "Oh, there's Hufanga again. Hufanga's back on the field." And the other guy who wasn't the first guy on the field, last guy off when I was there, but has been on other days, is Center Dakota Shepley. I think that just by that, and apparently he's had a good camp too. So I think Dakota Shepley could make this roster formally in the CFL. He was on the practice squad last year. Apparently he's impressed in camp. So I think he could very much make this roster as well. And I actually did have him in my roster predictions for offensive line. I believe if I can pull the tweet up, I had Lake and Tom. Sorry, Trent Williams, Tomlinson, Mack, Banks, McGlinchey, and then depth-wise Depth, depth wise I had Jalen Moore, I had Colton McKivitz, I had uh, Dakota Shepley, and I had one more player who I believe was Daniel. it was Daniel Brunskill. Daniel Brunskill actually might start at right guard this year, which kind of surprised me from what I've heard, but he was getting the first-team reps apparently today. Maybe they changed it up a bit. We'll have to see what Aaron Banks does for the rest of camp. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah,
1: we have here that Aaron Banks is is struggling. And you kind of said that before camp that it wouldn't really be much of a much of a battle, that he would probably be the right guard. And I said maybe he wouldn't be,
2: and it would be a battle with Brunskill. So far, Brunskill's winning the battle um so he definitely is I think the goal with I think the goal with Banks was to get that pass protecting guard right next to McGlinchey so you have that pass in the inside run block on the outside because you need help with that but if Brunskill's doing better I'll take it because you just want the better player out there it might not be the best scheme I think scheme wise you want Brunskill you want Aaron Banks in that situation but Daniel Brunskill you cannot complain with that maybe Aaron Banks just needs some more time to develop so Whoever starts a right guard, I don't think you can go wrong with Aaron Banks or Daniel Brunskill because I think Daniel Brunskill is a starting caliber guard at the moment. And I think Aaron Banks will be a starting caliber guard later on. So you really cannot go wrong with either.
1: All right. That's going to do it for us. Not that long of an episode, but once again, you know, without us being able to see what's happening and just kind of having to go off of what people are saying, not everyone's saying the same thing um, coming out of camp. Some people are saying things differently than others. So, I'm kind of waiting for me to see it myself before I put anything out there that's like legitimate or, you know, definitive uh, from my standpoint. But we're next week on what, Saturday? That's the first preseason game?
2: Yeah, that's the first preseason game against Kansas City, I believe. Yep, that's the game. And um, so well, close to football I, season, I'm, baby. I'm
1: going to, I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at, uh, no matter where I'm at, I could be, uh, I'm trying to think of somewhere that you wouldn't watch something. Anywhere I don't care wherever I'm at, I'm watching the game. Um,
2: I'm just so I'll try to watch that. it for yeah, sure. I, I mean preseason, you know, it's weird because preseason, the last time there was preseason, I wasn't doing podcasting. I never really paid attention to preseason. But I wasn't now, either. So th- this yeah, is now really I,
1: different. This is different this time because I actually have to pay attention so I can talk about things when I <laughs> when, when we come back to work. I mean
2: it's gonna be hard because it's like well, the hard thing for me is I leave California on the twenty-second. To move to college i'm going to syracuse so they're not going to air the preseason games there i might be busy with stuff so this could be my only real glimpse of preseason right here so i'll definitely try to tune in if i if i if i can tune in i will tune in. we'll leave it at that
1: um i know i mean with game pass i know they make where you can watch all the preseason games and everything so
2: I don't, oh, I don't uh, have Game Pass though. But Game Pass think. is like
1: a hundred dollars, and and yeah, right now I, they don't have. I'm a broke Kobe college though. kid, man. I can't, I cannot afford <laughs> Game
2: Pass at the moment, dude.
1: Bro, it's only a hundred dollars a year, man. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just hack someone else's account. We'll leave it at that. Oh, good lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then again, I mean, there's no coach to film a Game Pass for at for the moment, so he won't really get any of the fun angles. to... to uh really analyze anything i have to watch it from the regular broadcast camera so that'll be interesting but um you can watch a live preseason games if you have game pass so that's the thing um but yeah that's gonna do it for us um we'll be back next week most likely yeah that's the reason for us not we to will be, be back next week. Camp- yeah we will be back what am i talking about we it's gotta like- be back come on man. football is here now what am i talking about We'll be here next week. Make sure you uh, follow the socials. Follow me at Kobe Ransom49GM. Follow Sam at Nine Wire Sam. That's on Twitter. And then follow the podcast uh, social media handle thing at Talking Niners Pod. And then follow us on TikTok as well. I don't have a TikTok up yet. I'm still trying to figure out what to make and put on TikTok. Probably just close
2: to us talking. Just Kobe dancing just like <laughs> get get some kobe dancing on there to the 49ers music might like, all my band.
1: headbands and put on there for content you know it's just like hey look at there this people I'm would
2: like that headband. honestly just like just like showing someone like you just do a video of how big of a fan are you and then just like show all your headbands and stuff headbands know, hats shirts everything like, like hey look at all this all this merch i have um yeah it kind of just comes up the idea will just the idea will just pop in your head
1: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't prioritize following TikTok now, but once I get it going, then I'll 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 plug it. Anyway, thank you for watching. Uh, oh yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channels too. Do that because I I've been stuck on. I know there's more than more than sixty nine of you guys who want to sub to my channel. Uh, nice number by the way. Nice. But <laughs> I know there's more than sixty nine of you guys out there who want to sub to this channel. I know there is. So make sure you go into the description of the podcast episode. Make sure you follow Sam or subscribe to Sam. Make sure you
2: subscribe to me. Um. And by the way, yeah. there's 448 subscribers for my channel and only 69 for Kobe. I know 100% that at least some of you guys are subscribed to me and not subscribed to Kobe, and you are currently watching right now. So you know what? Subscribe to Kobe right now. Do better. Don't even hesitate. Do it. Support both of us. What are you doing? Support both of us. And if you're subscribed to Kobe and not me, then what are you doing? Come on, man.
1: And you're subscribed to me and not Sam. What are you doing? Same thing. You know, like come on, guys. You gotta follow both. It's it's a package deal. You don't get one. You get both. Um, But, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for listening, watching, all that good stuff. We see your support. We appreciate it. Uh, We're going to keep grinding as the season gets going. We are just happy football is back. And, uh, as always, go Niners. See ya.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Winbet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just... Signed up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BlueWire to get up to $1,000 toward a risk free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet and promo code BlueWire. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.